Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rogue Opinions Podcast. Most of the A-team here in partially full effect today, uh, because today is the first of a few uh, really fun interviews, um, really fun interviews that we have planned from the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom. I'm Jimmy. I'm here with Scott. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. No, no, no problem, man. I'm always happy to talk to you. And uh, obviously, when we heard that we were going to do doing these interviews, especially with who we're going to talk to today, I was very excited. Absolutely. And uh, when I was thinking of putting together the list of all the people across Pro Wrestling Magic before this weekend's The Roaring Twenties 2 Behind the Eight Ball, we're continuing the tradition and we're making it a black and white party style show. The Roaring Twenties is back, ladies and gentlemen. And this weekend, the Meadowlands Monster is going to take on the junior champion, Sebastian Cage. So I couldn't think of anyone more perfect to bring on than Lou Bruno, the Meadowlands Monster. Uh, I know you've been doing a little bit of research for this one. Are you excited to uh, sit down with the champ? Yeah, because uh, I've become a bigger Pro Wrestling Magic fan through knowing you and checking out shows like I uh, made sure I mentioned how much I enjoyed the Kind of Come 5 when we did our last grapple updates. Uh, or I'm sure it feels like ages ago. But, you know, and one of the people that stood it to me the more I've watched Pro Wrestling Magic is the Meadowlands Monster, and now he is the champion. So it'll be interesting to talk to him. You know, I did my research, you know, trying to make sure that that, that journalism degree wasn't wasted and <laughs> I didn't go into student debt for nothing. Well, that'll be up for everyone to decide uh, for themselves because I'm so excited uh, about this interview that I couldn't possibly hold on another second. So uh, before you guys head over there, make sure you guys go and check out youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling magic or go and pre-order uh, the ro- uh, the uh, the rogue opinions the roaring twenties two uh, behind the eight ball on fight or go and catch any of our other uh, fight programming over there right now on demand whenever you need it. Uh, but for now, he is Scott McLeod nineteen ninety six over on Twitter. I am mm. Mr Riot M R R I zero T on the Twitter, and we are rogue underscore opinions. And without further ado, champ is here. Champ is here. <laughs> and unlike unlike <laughs> you guys, we'll be able to see him. But now let's go into our interview with the Meadowlands Monster. Welcome back. I'm Jim here with Scott and our special guest for the for the day, rising out of the swamps of Secaucus, standing seven foot one, three hundred and fifteen pounds, the current reigning and defending pro wrestling magic world champion. It's Mr. Lou Bruno, the Meadowlands Monster. How are you, baby? I'm good, man. How are you doing, guys? Fantastic. Been looking forward to this one for a little while, Bruno, and I'm glad that you uh were able to make some time for us here on the Rogue Opinions podcast. Yeah, bro. I told you anytime, anytime. You're a good man. You're a good man. 
Uh, so, yeah, we're going to jump right into it, Scott. I know that you had a couple of questions lined up. Let's start with your first question, and then we'll get the conversation rolling. Yeah, sure. Uh, I feel that I've had this for interviews, but uh, when I was talking about the interviews, I used to start with this uh, question because it's one of those questions that, like, you never get the same answer twice. And from people, I wanted to ask you, uh, Bruno, about your, your passion for wrestling and uh, where do you think that passion kind of came from? Uh, well, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, uh, I watched wrestling with my father growing up. Uh, it was probably like the one really good memory I have growing up with my father. Uh, but he was definitely the reason why I got so, you know, into wrestling. Uh, as a kid, it was more like watching it for fun. Uh, but as I got older, you kind of understand it more and you, you get more invested in the characters and, you know what I mean? You just, you just immerse yourself more, more and more into it as, as you understand it more getting older. Um, and, uh, it's definitely, I would have to thank my father for that one. Probably the only thing I could thank my father for would be that. So, um, definitely just, I've always been a wrestling fan since I was a kid growing up till now. So yeah, it was very easy just to fall in love with wrestling. Well, like, like, like you said, Bruno, and we've talked plenty about this, uh, in the past, but when, you, you you say you fell in love with wrestling. A lot of people say that if it's not the first time they ever saw wrestling, there's one thing that stands out from the beginning of when they were watching wrestling. And what for you was that moment where you were like, this, this, uh, I like this. Legion of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mention them as much as I should when I talk about this. Um, but as a kid, when I saw the Legion of Doom coming out with those pads and the spikes and the makeup and, and yeah, like that crazy, you know what I mean? Like that was really awesome to watch. Uh, I remember a specific one. I remember we, cause Jimmy, I don't know if you remember back in the day, it wasn't as easy to stream stuff as it is today. So yeah. like you used to have to deal with bad service and stuff. And sometimes stuff wouldn't come in, the TV would fade out and stuff. So I remember watching. The Legion of Doom, I think it was WrestleMania, come down to the ring on motorcycles. I don't I think that's when they first came back after so long, when they were LOD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were coming down to the motorcycles, and, and it, I barely could see it because the TV was just fuzzy like crazy. But um, the stuff that they did definitely hooked me into wrestling. Um, and then, you know, you, you dive deeper into other characters, and then you start liking certain things that you like better than others and stuff like that. So definitely the Legion of Doom, the theatrics and, and and everything they did was just amazing i'm just saying though bruno i would pay big big money to see you in those spiky shoulder pads <laughs> and the face paint yeah. coming down screaming at people and shit i that yeah. now it's an image like uh next halloween show you just come you and you and zach amico come rolling out for those who don't know zach amico jersey devil's deacon uh longtime manager and uh best friend to the Meadowlands monster um Really quickly, for those um, who don't really know too much other than maybe seeing the last couple of shows on Fight and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, talk a little bit about your relationship with Zach Amico, how that started, and where you guys have sort of um, come together on this act that you guys have been doing a while now. So uh, we were doing a show on Magic, uh, and I think this was pre, yeah, this was pre-Dark Arts uh, before I won the title. I think maybe two shows right before that match. Um, and he was at a show with Ash and the guys from, uh, they were Capital. Now they're Catalyst. Um, uh, and Zach was with, with Ash. And at the end of my match, Zach, uh, Ash came over to me and said, hey, you, you know, I want to introduce you to someone. And that's when he introduced me to Zach. 
Uh, and Zach was like, hey, man, I just heard your intro. You know, I heard you're from Sea Caucus and stuff like that. I'm from Sea Caucus, like, my whole life, basically. Um, his family actually is, like, important in the town of Sea Caucus. Like, his great-grandfather or his grandfather was, like, the mayor or the go- governor of the town or something like that. Um, but uh, from that moment on, he was like, you want to try and, like, do something together? And I was like, Absolutely. Uh, and we did that first promo outside of White Manor, uh, in Jersey City, which is a pretty big staple, Hudson County and Bergen County for that matter, because there's one in, uh, Fort Lee, I think, is Bergen County. Uh, Hackensack. Hackensack. Oh, it's Hackensack, right? It's, I'm thinking Tortinac area and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that whole food fight thing on, uh, Food Network with the two of them. That's the original one, though. The yeah, one, the one in Hackensack is the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those. Um, if you're ever over here, Scott, you got to make sure to get yeah, one of these White, White Mana sleds. Yeah, yeah, Under White Mana for sure. Little slider burgers like White Castle, but they're not like <laughs> fake and gross. Yeah. yeah, they're not murder burgers. <laughs> they're like real. They're real murder burgers. <laughs> they're real murder burgers. All right, so go on. You were saying about uh, meeting Zach. The promo, the promo when we did, uh, it was just so easy. I guess because we're from the same area, we kind of have the same kind of, you know, flair to our the way we talk and stuff like that. So uh, from that moment on, it was just kind of like. You know, we, we, we were friends. Uh, I was interested in the stuff he did on top of what he, he was interested in what I did. Cause I mean, Zach's a stand up comedian. A lot of people don't realize that Zach works for MTV. Uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of things going on in his life as well. So he's a very, very interesting person outside of wrestling as well. So I suggest people looking him up also. Zach Amico. Uh, he's done like the naked roasts and, uh, he, he's, he's friends with like, all these are really, really important, like, uh, com- comedic figures in stand-up. Uh, he does, like, podcasts. He's a huge horror horror, uh, horror movie guy. Uh, but he's definitely a character, and uh, I'm very happy to have him, you know, with me on, by my side. Yeah, definitely go and make sure you guys check out Zach Amico and all the stuff he's doing. He's fantastic. Just been around him a handful of times. It's always a very, very interesting time. Uh, always very knowledgeable. He's been in a handful of the trauma films as well. Yeah. Uh, and he knows all, all those guys. So definitely go and check out Zach Amico. Z-A-C-A-M-I-C-O for Zach Amico. Uh, but Scott, let's uh, lead into some more uh, getting to know you type questions <laughs> from the monster. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this isn't so much a question, but it was something I heard uh, in my preparation for this that caused my ears. Well, your self-care perk up. When I heard uh, you mention about being fans of uh, getting to meet Kane and being fans like him and The Undertaker, that perked my interest because actually Kane is my favorite wrestler like of all time. And to hear you were a fan of him, that was quite interesting to me. And also very jealous that you got a chance to meet him because I I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast, but I arrived late before a signing and missed out on a chance to meet Kane oh. and Brian one time when they came over to the UK. Oh, uh. Man, I got a funny story about the Kane thing, man. Um, so I was working, uh, I was like kind of doing security and helping out uh, a good fellow friend from GoPro Wrestling, uh, Andrew Keller, who owns GoPro and, and does a lot of signings and stuff. So he asked me to, you know, tag along with him to this event. Uh, I think it was the big event in New York and Queens. Uh, and I'm there, you know, I'm just there doing my thing. And then I know a lot of people. Uh, so one of the kids that I knew, well, not a kid, he's a girl, man came over to me. He's like, hey, Bruno, I have an extra ticket for the Kane signing. Would you like to meet him? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'd like to meet him. Uh, considering I grew up watching his whole fucking career. Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, I, it's not like I had things to sign or anything like that. I just basically waited online, 
with a whole bunch of people. Like literally, I waited for a good almost hour to get to him. Um, and then I finally get up to him and he kind of looks me up and down and he's like, you have nothing to sign. Uh, I was like, no, I don't actually, I just wanted to meet you. Uh, I wasn't planning on meeting you. A friend had an extra ticket and said if I would like to. So I'm like, I'm a wrestler. Uh, a lot of the things I do are stuff that I've learned from you and Taker growing up watching you guys. Um, you guys are a big part of who my character is and why I wrestle the way I do. Um, and he looked me up and down again, and he goes, uh, should I sit down? And I was like, why? Like, I was kind of thrown back for a second. I was like, why? He's like, because you're making me look bad, man. You're a little bigger than me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, man, I'll kneel down if you'd like me to. You know, I just, you know, it's, uh, it's an honor to just meet you and stuff. So um, I'm sorry to hear that you didn't get a chance to see him or meet him, uh, but hopefully one day you will, because he was a really, really nice guy. Really, really nice guy. Dear yeah. Glenn, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, the picture's actually really cool. When I get to the E, bro, I'll you know just hit me up and I'll uh, you know I'll set it up for you. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because um, you know you've made it very public, obviously in your uh, in your interviews before that the WWE is the end all, the be all, the top of the mountain. There is no other option. There is no plan B. It is that's where you want to end up. Uh, and you've mentioned before, like on uh, the Bob Culture podcast, you mentioned that uh, the one of the stories that you would have liked to do is to be somehow in the family sphere of The Undertaker and Kane, uh, whether that be long lost son, brother, uncle, whatever the case yeah. may be. But that and that would be your introduction, you said at the time that that would be how you came in as that. That would be your first major. And in a perfect world, obviously. Um... Yeah, yeah. You know, I, Jimmy, you know me, you know, my, my, my mind for wrestling is a little bit more that it's, it's, it's extensive compared to what people think. I know I may not be the best in ring performer, but as far as telling a story and, and, and trying to make things make sense, that's like my main priority. Mm -hmm. uh, so like if I had in a perfect world, my choice, yeah, bro. Uh, my idea growing up, I always wanted to be uh, the takers long lost bastard son. You know what I mean? Like, you know, have him getting jumped in the ring. And then, like, some, I come running out. I shave him. I'm all this lettered out, biker tire looking dude. And it's like, who the fuck is this kid? And then, you know, I was born in 84. He debuted, what, 85, 86 in WWE as the taker? You know, I could play that story. Like, you know, you were too busy, you know, chasing your career and your dreams and making your money that you forgot about, you know, married whoever that you, you met on the road and you just used for just the one night stand. And now, you know, now you got to fucking face me, you know, just because my idea for it isn't just to try to just, you know, do that for myself, but it's like, so a way to keep the undertaker story legend going, you know what I mean? Because once he's gone, he's gone. There's never going to be another taker, but if you could somehow do a story where, you know, maybe there was a long lost son, maybe there was a, a kid, you know, angry at the fact that he just didn't, he wasn't around enough or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I would love to do that shit. But in reality, if just getting the opportunity to work for WWE, I would do anything they, they needed me to do. And even if they didn't have anything for me, as long as I'm still on the, on the payroll and learning and working out and eating and doing what I love, that's all I really want in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'd die, I'd die a million deaths over if I could just hear old men 
Taker go on the microphone with you in the ring and say, well, I had her legs in New York. <laughs> just, just bring it all full circle. Everyone's out yeah, there like, oh, Mark, what are you doing? Uh, How crazy would it be to have like the Taker be out there and still be a part of wrestling, but like as a manager, you know what I mean, or as a, as a Paul Heyman in a way, but as as the Taker, mm-hmm. you know. And then you could have like his son, you know what I mean? Like he's he's you know pushing his son, he's managing his son, he's taking care of his son, that lineage, yeah. you know what I mean? Or even if you don't have to do the whole son thing, but you could do like something along those lines where. There's a connection. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then the taker's like, you know what? I I'm never gonna fucking I'm never gonna not be a part of this. You know what I mean? So my my understudy <laughs> is gonna yeah, take yeah. my the you know I mean? understudy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going twenty twenty one and one at manias. Um. Um. So Scott, what else? What else you got going for uh, the Meadowlands monster here? While we got him on the line. Uh, well, I think this next one's great then because we're talking about Kane and your famous uh, big men, and we know wrestling was built on uh, a lot of big men, a lot of like, large imposing figures, much like uh, yourself. Anyone's watched uh, your work, Bruno. And do you think that as a bigger guy, you stand out more nowadays than you would have 20 odd years ago, given that now there's a lot of more athletic guys who are doing more like high fly moves off the top rope, whereas a bigger guy kind of stands out nowadays? Uh, I think I started wrestling at, at, a, at a tough point for big guys. Um, like you said, back in the day, I think if I started wrestling, I would have been signed within the first two years of me wrestling. Uh, not because I'm, like, great or anything, but they like big guys, and they would have molded me and trained me into what they wanted to, basically what they do now in WWE. Uh, you know, they, they teach you the way they want. They teach you uh, what's going to benefit their product and stuff like that. AEW is a little different, I hear. You know, they kind of let you be who you are. We see people like Casey Navarro and, and guys that I've wrestled with or been in the ring with. Uh, they 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 get to stay the the, the, the creations that they've made, uh, which is also really awesome, you know. But um, I think it's hard. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's hard in my eyes the way I'm seeing things because, yeah, I, I can't do a lot of the things these new kids can do, man. These the new age of wrestlers is, uh, is a freak of nature, personally. I mean, some of the things I see these kids do are amazing. Uh, you see most of that stuff in Cirque du Soleil, and, and those people are incredible with what they do. So um, for them to kind of mesh that acrobatic craziness into wrestling, uh, I mean, it puts us on, on a different uh, playing field. <laughs> it's like the big guys kind of got to step up in a way, uh, and I'm trying my damnness to – to do that, to represent the big man uh, as best as I can. There's a lot of great big men in this industry right now. Um, I know sometimes I've said I'm the best, uh, but I'd like to think that I am in my area at least. Uh, but there's still a lot of big men uh, like Adam Payne and Wrecking Ball. Uh, uh, there's a PB Smooth, uh, Austin Towers. There's a lot of really big men out there that are that are doing their thing. Uh, Ace Romero, for God's sakes, that guy puts in a lot of work in what he does. Uh, and that's definitely guys that are above me uh, that I need to respect, uh, learn from, uh, and, and honor as much as I can. Uh, that's why I take a lot of pride in the Magic Championship. Uh, it was the title created for the big man of all big men. Uh, it was the Andre belt. So I take a lot of pride uh, in that title. Uh, so, 
Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, a lot of the guys nowadays, uh, they can run circles around me. You know, it's just a matter of me grabbing them so I can smash them to earth and bring them to reality. Uh, but no, man, it's it's. I would say, honestly, I think it's harder for big guys nowadays because of what it's evolving to. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that you, you brought up a couple times, Bruno, that um, your your precision or your, your skills within the ring, quote, not being as good as some other people. But honestly, over the time that I've known you, uh, I think we've we've been working together about a little over a year at this point, yeah. especially closely doing Monday Morning Magic and whatnot and uh, leading up to your title run uh, that's going on now. Um, I've seen not only a vast improvement in not only your in-ring stuff, which was always very good looking to me as an outsider, um, but now it's just you sort of flow with this confidence a little bit more now. And I was just sort of wondering when that sort of like flip sort of switched in your head and you were going one way. And then even if it was one day you woke up and went, no, nah, I'm going to start doing it this way. But like, where did that really, where did the mindset sort of change leading into this sort of like main event run that you're going on now? Because like I said, it's, it's night and day from the time I met you and it's been very interesting to watch you grow. I feel that um, being a good guy in the beginning and uh, trying to be, to be completely honest and like shoot wise, I I've been I've been too generous and nice uh, in my match calling. Um, I try not to step on anyone's toes and make it seem like I'm expecting everything uh, given to me. Uh, so when I go into a match, uh, instead of going into the, the match with the with the mindset of uh, I got to make sure that I give my opponent as much as possible to, you know, put them over and, and, and not make them look like crap. Um, once I turned uh, and, 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 and I have this more uh, freedom with my character in the sense of like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, I guess that helps a lot uh, because it's easier for me to call a match that way because now I'm wrestling a different way. Now I'm, I'm not trying to wrestle for your affection and for your for your support. Uh, I'm trying to wrestle now to prove a point uh, that I am a big man, uh, that I am one of the biggest guys in probably the East Coast, not muscular-wise, but overall, <laughs> period, end of sentence. Um it's just it's just a different mindset coming in now. Uh, now I'm 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 the main guy. I'm the heavyweight champion, and and, and I, need to, I need to show that. I need to prove that. Uh, Jimmy, you were there for the last two matches we had, and you saw what I was able to do. Uh, I'm doing things that big men don't do easily. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I heard you on commentary when I came off the ropes. I'm not yeah. going to go too much detail, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, quickly, and, quickly, uh, Roaring Twenties Two is this Saturday, February 28th at 5 p.m. on Fight. And in that show, you take on the longest reigning champion in pro wrestling magic history, Mr. Sebastian Cage, the lit superstar. And I know from being there, you know, we, spoilers, we filmed it already. Um, but I know from being there that that match is one I was looking forward to. I know that you were looking forward to it as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you go in there with a smaller guy and, uh, you know, smaller in stature, obviously, but... Uh, when you go in there with a smaller competitor, how does that sort of change your mindset going through um, like match building and what you try to do versus what they try to do? 
it's hard. Uh, it's hard to separate. Um, in, in my perspective, uh, it's hard to separate uh, your 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 friend, for, like your friends, from like what what the business should be doing, mm-hmm. what what the match should look like, like what it sh- how it should flow. So like, you know, in all reality, me and Sebastian Cage, uh, I should be going in there, kicking his head off, slamming him, and it's over. But it's like more like okay, how how do we get this across where you know, it's believable, you know? I think we did a best in in, in that. Um, I, I was told to do other things. Uh, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to at least still, I mean, the dude's been the longest reigning champion, uh, period, in any in any division. Uh, he surpassed me. We both won our titles the same night. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were we were on that same path. So, like, I, I have the utmost respect for Sebastian. Uh, and I would never put him down in a way where it would hurt his career or his character or anything like that. So um, it's just, bro, it's just hard. It's hard. I, I'm going to tell you, like, you know, going into wrestling, I thought, hey, you're going to meet up with your guy and you're going to call the match. And But it's it's hard to call a match with, with, with certain people, you know. I don't want to talk shit and I'm not talking shit or putting anybody down. But, yo, it's hard to call a match with somebody who has a big ego because they want everything to themselves, not realizing that. I'm a seven footer. I'm I'm one of the big men in the industry. You're not gonna just suplex me, even though I'll give them the suplex. I will give them a bump. I will, you know. And that's where I think my problem is. Maybe, maybe I'm showing people that I'm a pushover and I'm not so big and I'm not, you know, so scary because I'm taking bumps from people. But in my the way I see things is I'm not I'm not some 400 pound jacked up dude. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a seven foot guy. I got a normal frame. I'm athletic. I'm strong. You know what I mean? I'm not some pushover. But in a real fight, you know, maybe somebody can knock me off my feet. I mean, if I'm not paying attention, you can knock me, Jimmy. You can knock me off my feet if I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just try to have fun. I guess I don't want to be subjected to just being that guy that stands there and can never fucking fall and can never fucking bump. I, I want to show that I can tell a story. I can do everything. You know, I can do everything and I can make people look good. I can make people, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I literally give too much, I guess you would say. Um, I get a lot of, I get a lot of crap. <laughs> no. Yeah. And honestly, like, um, just a quick story before you can jump back in, Scott. Um, when we were doing the Fatal Four Way at Grimm's, um, I remember that we had planned. Uh, just this speaks to just how like giving of a performer you can be. Uh, is that when we were going through it, I pitched that you would drag me out uh, from wherever you were keeping me and whatnot. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen the crossover we did with Grimm's Toy Show, go check that out. Uh, Bruno is in. Two matches over there that are fantastic. One against Dirtbag Dan, one in a fatal four-way against both members of the Fortnite Horsemen, uh, Boom and JJ and Steve Off. And that match is fantastic. Anywho, we while we were rehearsing it, um, I had a different idea, and we ran through it dry uh, because we thought that they were filming already. Do you remember that? Yeah, the drone yeah, hadn't yeah. taken off yet. Um, so we come back uh, after we find out that we were doing a dry run, and Bruno, you pulled me to the side and you said, uh, you know, I honestly want you to hold me back more. I don't want to drag you out there because this wouldn't be good for your character. And I remember not giving too much of a shit at the time, but that really stuck with me. 
that you were willing to, you know, not make me look worse just because you look good at the same time. And that's just something that uh, always really stuck with me and was always something that I point to if and if I ever were to hear anybody say something negative, I go, mm, no, not Bruno, not that guy, because I know that guy. And that yeah. really just speaks to what you were talking about, where you I are very that. giving and you are very nice and you do a lot for people. And you did a lot for me of uh, going over Monday Morning Magic. If you guys haven't checked it out, Bruno Bruno beats the fuck out of me pretty much half the season because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, and that was like learning who that person was aside from the guy that I saw in the ring already was actually very eye-opening uh, and stuff. So thank you for that. And if anyone ever has any sort of contradictory statement of that, I point to that thing first at Grimm's because that's the guy that I know. You know what I'm saying? Um, Scott, back to you, buddy. Yeah, I think you mentioned Grimm. That kind of ties into a question I was going to uh, ask because I know Pro Wrestling Magic had a thing in the middle of 2020 where you had, we were forced to stop running for a little while and we couldn't be helped. And obviously you got the chance to wrestle at Grimm's and it but on between periods before Pro Wrestling Magic came back with This Is Magic and I, I did check out the uh, the four way. I have to say that was my favourite match of that show with all the champions getting involved. But I did ask were for you personally, was there any nerves about coming back, the the return of Pro Wrestling Magic first show back uh, for a while in the kingdom? Um no man. Uh the only time I, I get nervous would be when I'm wrestling someone that uh that you really need to you know step up for uh and 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 really make sure that everything is smooth and nothing bad happens um so i wasn't nervous man i was more excited uh it was nice to get the kingdom going back it was nice to like film something i didn't care so much about the fans because uh we got to be you know safe so like my goal is like listen uh i understand it's awesome to have fans but for us to be able to still give you something is all I wanted to do. I wanted to keep rolling with that. So I wasn't so nervous, man. I was just more excited. I was more excited to get out there and start doing our thing again. I think the only time I ever saw you nervous in the ring, I don't know if it was just your good selling or not, but when Gangrel's music hit uh, (laughs) at, uh, what was that? I think it was family matters that year where we, uh, last year where we had the chat Adams rumble, you come in at number three and then all of a sudden the lights go out for number four and it's fucking Gangrel of all people. And I remember remember seeing from the stage, and I may have even said it on commentary, but I have never seen the look in the monster's eye that I see. And then you guys just waylaid each other and then tore through each other and wrestled all the way to the back. Um, What's it like standing in there with, and that's a guy that you don't, that Gangrel never got a lot of credit for being as big as he is, but like standing in there, seeing him toe to toe with you at the time was insane. What's it like getting in there with, like, uh, you know, a legend, somebody who's been th- to the mountain, you know, not necessarily top of the mountain, but the mountain, and then come back down to hang out with people like us? Gangrel was amazing. Uh, he was amazing in the locker room. He was amazing after. Um, I was super excited uh, to even just talk to him, you know what I mean? Uh, and it was pretty cool, man. I don't get a lot of good compliments. Uh, this industry is pretty rough. And, you know, I feel like people don't like to see other people succeed if it's not themselves. Um, but at the end of the show and everything, he came up to me and he was like, 
I'm really excited to work with you because we were supposed to throw down, but because of COVID, uh, things got screwed. I, you know, I would have had a match with Gangrel defending my, I would have defended my Dark Arts title, uh, which I still feel I am the champion, by the way. Um, can we not, can we not I, do this? Can we not do this? Can we not I do this? I would have defended it. I would have defended it against Gangrel. Uh, it was definitely would have been something I would have been, um, you know, I would have never forgot something like that, but just to stand in the ring with him, uh, and get some of the blood spray on me and stuff like that. Uh, it was pretty surreal, dude. I can't explain it to you. I mean, I wrestled, I wrestled Snitsky. That was one of like my first three matches in the in the wrestling. <laughs> Look at Scott's uh, face. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my ears picked up because I was getting yeah, King, right. King fight. I remember the whole Snitsky feud. I was way more into that than I should have been looking back at it. I was a kid, so. <laughs> yeah, I wrestled Snitsky, man. That was really, really a long time ago. I was not really good at all like i was really bad and i was just like there you know what i was nervous as fuck for that because that was like my first like real big fucking name like this wasn't just a name this was snitsky baby kicker you know what i mean not my fucking fault um (laughs) baby kicker you know dude like i don't care what people say a lot of people you know when i wrestled him i I was like i tagged him legend and stuff people like what do you mean he's a legend snitsky i'm like yeah i mean Tell me where he's not. I mean, he wasn't a legend champion, but just a legend as a big guy and just a come on. Man. People know who he is. You know what I mean? He, he wasn't like, I, whatever. I just hate people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Snitsky was awesome, man. I'll, I'll send you the link. I think it's on my YouTube page. Uh, I don't know where, but it's there somewhere. Um, just, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you haven't checked it out yet, Google the Meadowlands monster and Bruno is not hard to find. He does stand no. out. Yeah, he yeah. does stand to steal a line from you from the Bob Coulter podcast. Uh, just Google Meadowlands Monster. You will find him. YouTube, uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. You will find Lou on there because he does put up uh, raw uh, raw footage of his matches uh, and everything like that. And it's definitely worth a follow for sure. Well, go, yeah. go on, go on. No, man, get Gangrel. I, I will welcome, will gladly defend the heavyweight title against him. I had a I had a name to throw out there. I'm not not sure not sure I should even be mentioning it to you on air, but I had a thing where I was watching Bloodsport uh last weekend and personally I would love to see you and Calvin Tankman beat the fuck out of each other for like twenty minutes. Yeah, you know? that's another dude that's another dude that's fucking dope, man. Tankman is uh I've watched wrestle in person. Uh you know, I I go to all the VXS shows and um yeah, he's uh, definitely a talent and an awesome big man. He may not be the height, but he's a big man. That's a the way he wrestles. That's how a big man wrestles. He's a big man at heart. Um, and uh, yeah, he's definitely gonna you, you're gonna hear a lot about him in a few years. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, because like like you've been saying, uh, hashtag Year of the Big Man uh, has been floating around. You've been using it in all your posts yeah, uh, and yeah, whatnot yeah. across social media. Is there any? Is there anyone other than say Calvin Tankman or uh, Legends or any big men that are on the horizon? Uh, just while you're out there scoping out talent that you uh, have maybe thought of going, I'd, I'd get in there and throw down with that guy. Um, you know me, uh, Jimmy. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Um, if, if there's a big man out there that wants to work with me, I would gladly, you know, work with them uh, and and give my all. I'm supposed to be heading out to Indiana in April with Dirtbag Dan uh, to battle on the border. 
Uh, I can't remember the, the dates right now off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, in April, I'm going to be going out there. Uh, they have a big man out there. He's like a seven-footer, uh, Callahan, Cal, something. But I'm sure I'm going to be meeting him. Uh, and, I'll, and, you know, I'll definitely introduce myself. Uh, and uh, if he's bigger than me, he's bigger than me. And it makes me happier if they're bigger than me because then I can work the way I want to work. You know what I mean? There ain't no big man that's bigger than me that's going to outwork me. I'll tell you that right now. Because uh, some of the shit that I can do, you, I mean, I can keep up with some of the small guys. So, you know, uh, I don't care. Uh, I would love to work big guys. Uh, it seems to be the only thing that, you know, I get thrown my way anyways, usually bigger guys. Um, I don't get like a TJ Crawford or Sebastian. It worked because I beat the crap out of Sebastian and his manager. So it would only make sense to give him a shot. He wanted, he wanted the shot. He wanted to work me. And, uh, you know, he put his all in and we'll see what happens. But as far as big men, who do I want to work? I don't know, man. Austin Towers is very interesting to me. Uh, we talk. Uh, we're, we're very, very cool in the sense of we know who we are. We know we're both champions. Uh, and uh, if that ever happens, it happens. And we'll respectfully work each other and then we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, so that Austin Towers, what was the other guy's name? Uh, PB Smooth uh, was another guy that uh, Ness, your boy, Ness, told me about uh, several times. I think yeah. he's from Ohio. I'm not too sure. Um, I think so, yeah. I think so. That's another big guy I wouldn't mind working. Uh, you know, I, I, I worked I worked big guys. I've been in the ring with uh, Wrecking Ball. I've been in the ring with Adam Payne. I've been in the ring with uh, what's the guy's name from Impact? Uh, comes out with the mask like me. Oh, yeah, I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh, is he with, is he with the Sanity? Uh, uh, are you talking about the Jake something? Because there's Jake something and the guys who go with Diener now, the big dude. He's with Ace, he's with Ace Austin right now. Oh, like they're like Madman Fulton. Madman I've been in the ring with Madman Fulton uh, at, at Ness's pop up party. That's when I worked Fulton. I did. That was our WrestleMania weekend uh, a couple yes. years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was a fun show. There was like yeah. twelve people there, and it was like the most fun it, I had all weekend. <laughs> It was. I mean, I wrestled Casanova Valentine. I consider him a, a, a big guy. He's like over 320-something pounds, uh, and he's a hard hitter. I mean, I, 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 what other big guy are you going to give me that that's going to be a harder hitter than, than Casanova? That dude rung my bell off the fucking bell itself, uh, and, and he had me going. So, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared, Jimmy. I don't care who it is. You know, if I, if I get knocked out, Jimmy, I get knocked out. If I get put down, I get put down. Who gives a shit? You were a better man than me that day. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're, it's going to be a fight. That's all it is. It's going to be a fight. Well, yeah, that match that you had with Casanova, I just recently watched it back again, and it is it is a fight. And you two are fight. like... It was a fight. Yeah, you two are just pasting each other off every wall of the kingdom. And again, that is on YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic. Or look up the Meadowlands Monster on YouTube, okay. and you will find that match as well. Um, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, okay. So you could mention other matches that you've had. Uh, mention the rest of Casanova. I know you had a match for the, the Dark Hearts title. You're, you are still the champion. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I had to side with the guest. I'll, my allegiance will quickly turn to I side with him on this point. Yeah, he's still the Dark Hearts champion. 500 and plus days. Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Don't shake your head, Jimmy. You attacked. I never lost, Jimmy. You, yeah, but you, 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 okay, you attacked okay, okay. non-wrestlers. Jimmy. Okay. No, no, Jimmy. Listen. Okay. 
What's the rule of wrestling? You're a fan, you cross the border, you get in the ring, you get knocked the fuck out. I understand she was a female. I understand that she was Smiley's wife. I understand that she gave birth a few fucking months prior to that. I totally understand that. And I've apologized for it. But she got in the ring as an untrained worker. She slapped me in the face. She I did what I had to do. I don't care. A six-year-old could have came in and punched me. I would have booted him out of the ring. I would have loved to see that because it would have been used in a promo package for you and Snitsky, too. You're, you're kicking six-year-olds, and you're like, you can't get past toddlers. I'm kicking six-year-olds down yeah. like a football field. Yeah, yeah. I'm kicking them onto the stage like a football. <laughs> just getting the boot all, like, shined up, and it's like, no, 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 Tommy, off to the right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, right there. Now, so, so, personally, I've never lost. I got stripped, but I had never lost that title, Jimmy. That's fair. You didn't lose it. You didn't lose it, but you're still not a champion if you had it taken from you. Good on, good on the new champion. I hope Darius Carter, which, no, not even I hope. I know Darius Carter is going to represent that title with respect. And, uh, yeah. Just keep it warm. Until I come back. What do you think of the uh, the new rules, by the way? Uh, as uh, the longest reigning Dark Arts champion in history. Um, I say, all I got to say about that, Jimmy, is I didn't get to change the rules, and nor did I to benefit myself. I wrestled who I was given in any type of match, and I kept my mouth shut, and I did the job. I didn't need to change the rules to benefit myself to hold the title longer. We all know Derek Carter is a great catch wrestler. We all know Darius Carter knows how to get under people's skin and how to win. We know this. But does that make you a better champion because you have to change the rules? Well, Darius Carter has his first uh, title defense at the Roaring Twenties 2 behind the eight ball, February 28th at 5 p.m. against Billy Dixon. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh, what that's going to look like, uh, the new oh, rules. Billy Dixon kicks his teeth in. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that one. I do like Billy a lot. Billy Billy's a fun fun worker, fun person to be around for sure. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Billy Dixon or Mr. Darius Carter, please make sure to go over your fight app as soon as humanly possible and check that out. Uh, but you know, more we're, we still got plenty to go here, Bruno. If you got a little bit more time, uh, all right, all right. Uh, Scott, do you have a couple more questions left? Because I got I I could talk to Bruno all day. Yeah, I did have a couple of guys. I was leading into a question about the uh, the dark arts title. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't disagree with our guest, and that's not just because I feel safe with a giant ocean between us. <laughs> it won't but, work if he wants you. He'll come get you. I, I say, I'm Cuban, brother. Don't pat me. <laughs> I will start swimming. Just paddle. He's got bears got in his house. He can build a raft, bro. <laughs> I got long arms. <laughs> Uh, I was just I just wanted to ask about uh, maybe some some of your favorite matches or opponents that you came across uh, during your reign as Dark Arts Time of the Five Days. Uh, I watched uh, one. I particularly enjoyed the match with John T- uh, John Taylor, the uh, the doorway to the Dark Arts. That means there are too many D's for me in that one sentence. I had to get it out properly, but it was a hell of a match. I thought. Um, so me and John have wrestled. I don't know about five times now, uh, and. Uh, I would say he's my number one guy that I will wrestle any day of the week at any time. Um, that's definitely up there. 
Um, but winning the Dark Arts title against Adam Payne is probably one of my uh, top matches all time. Uh, the significance of that match meant so much. Uh, I, I, I come from a tough upbringing. Uh, I didn't win uh, a lot of trophies or awards or anything growing up. I, I didn't play a lot of sports as a kid. I played, I was a triathlete in high school. Um, and my, my, the football team freshman year, we went undefeated and all that stuff. And I just didn't feel part of that because I never played. I'm not one to take credit for something that I don't do. So it just wasn't really a win for me. So to win that title, that fucking meant a lot to me, man. And to take it from someone who held it for so long and who was such a mainstay uh, at Magic, uh, being a veteran, being one of the better big men in the company, uh, that match sticks out the most uh, to me. Then I had, like, me and Evan Myers was a was a show. Uh, that that was awesome. Um, I mean, me and Gifke rocked the house when we worked uh, – earlier in the career he was my second defense well my first defense coming off of adam Payne. but uh yeah man me and teller rocked the house every every time and as a matter of fact me and john teller are going to lock up again this saturday at vxs that's true the, the war between john teller and the metal Lands monster continues this weekend and if you guys haven't checked out doorways to the dark arts do yourself a favor because uh fun story about that uh scott you saw the match uh the moment where John Tella hits uh, the Meadowlands monster in the head with the chair, and you fall backwards off of the stage through the door, through the table, and just sort of lay there. The Talk about from your perspective what the – because from my perspective, the the whole – like all of the air in the room got sort of sucked out. Everybody was like, they're calling an ambulance for Bruno. He went down hard, and your selling was like insane – uh, that that night, and just t- talk about from your experience laying there and knowing that you sort of nailed it. So we didn't tell many people uh, our plan uh, for the stage, uh, and man, I've been in Magic for three years. Of going on, this is my fourth year in Magic, or yeah, my fourth year in Magic, and I've seen a lot of great matches in Magic. I've seen a lot of powerful stuff but the reaction that me and john drew that night i think has never been done the we had fans wanting to fight john we had fans some fans crying some fans upset some fans not understanding uh yeah bro when 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 i went through the 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 table didn't break but I just sold it off and I laid there and slid off. Like my body was so heavy that I just slowly slid off the table. Um, man, the reaction was uh, amazing. Uh, I, I can't explain to you how I felt because I was just like literally taking it in. Like the sound of like people gasping and like being like, holy shit, like what's going on? Uh, it was crazy, dude. Uh, that match is the emotion that we drew for that match. I've never drew from any match. Literally, uh, that that was a cool match. Uh, definitely something that'll stick out for a long time to come, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Scott, yeah, yeah. Just uh, Tyler, one of my other questions is kind of uh, looking ahead because uh, you know you are the, the Pro Wrestling Magic uh, Heavyweight Champion, and you guys have been doing shows with that. You got the Roaring Twenties coming up. You had Kingdom Come Five uh, a month or so ago. Uh, what's wondering about what some of your hopes are? 
you know, going forward in 2021 and beyond for for Pro Wrestling Magic now that you guys are been doing more work uh, with Fight TV? Uh, my goal um, to defend this title the best that I can to represent this company the best that I can um, to keep pushing to make this company one of the best companies in my opinion probably is one of the best companies in our area. Um, we're very homegrown type. We're very family oriented. Uh, we we somewhat all of us care about each other. Um, I just want the world to see that w- what we're doing is not just to be taken for granted. I think that we put a lot into our product, uh, regardless of who's on our show or not, if we have names or we don't have names. Uh, I mean, I remember as my reign dark arts, we didn't really have a lot of name people. We didn't have, you know, as big of a buzz, but we all put our heart and soul into it. And today I look back and I'm like, we're, we're slowly getting there, man. We're getting popular. We're getting noticed. People are knowing our brand and, I just I just feel honored uh, that I, I'm able to be seen as a heavyweight champion for this company. Uh, no matter how long I hold it, I'm going to hold it as long as I can. I'm going to defend it as long as I can. I don't care who the hell I fight, uh, you know, because I've never in the past, I'm not going to change the way that I am now. Um, you want to fight me for the championship, you can fight me for the championship. I'll, you know, I'll do hardcore. I'll do ladder matches. I'll do whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, but it's gonna be a fight, and I'm gonna I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend magic. Period, with everything I am. So uh, my goal is just keep pushing and, and heading in the direction that we are. Upward trajectory. Yeah, so like, sure. yeah. So I was gonna say, like working with Fate TV is a great way to get your guys known like internationally because, like I said, me being in the UK, I went I've really got a chance to see a lot of pro wrestling magic without. Fight TV and also knowing Jim who's obviously has talked a lot about the, the company and getting to check out so it's made a fan out of, out of myself and I love like obviously in the UK That's great dude because uh, I, I know that where we are we're basically like the armpit of America <laughs> and um, a nice way to put it yeah we're very small <laughs> man and it's hard it's hard to get out there no matter how much you tweet and, and Instagram and tag and and the hashtag and you know your stuff only gets out there so so much so uh it's nice that people can see the talent that's not really being looked at you know if something comes of it for for us individually awesome if it doesn't we keep pushing on you know but i mean i would love to go to the uk i would love to wrestle in scotland i would love to wrestle in australia i would love to wrestle in africa i would love to wrestle in all these places you know but it's all a matter of uh, slow and steady. Keep on trucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Keep, keep on trucking for sure. Uh, and that, you know, uh, like you said, you got uh, Sebastian Cage coming up this weekend. You got John Tella this weekend. Um, I mean, with the crazy amount of matches that you had over the course of the time at uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, I think. Very few of them were as impactful as uh, what happened during the championship scramble at This Is Magic. Uh, it was supposed to be a triple threat uh, with you, Smiley, and Sebastian Cage. Uh, Steve Gipke got involved uh, as well uh, just before the matchup, so it became a fatal four-way. Uh, and that match is explosive. It's one of those matches that when it ends, you don't want it to end because you want to keep seeing it going. And mm-hmm. um that was another one of those situations where, like the fatal four-way you had in Grimm's, 
that was uh, worked really well, especially because of, the, of how big you are. Um, and I know that that has to sort of come into play uh, when your guys are booking. So if you have preferences, do you prefer just standing and banging and, and one-on-one, or do you like those multi-man matches? Like, what, what really gets you going sometimes? Um, personally, I, I, I would like to work one-on-one with people, um, you know, like as, as a warrior, as a fighter, as a competitor, uh, I want to, you know, one-on-one bang each other, you know, bang it out and see who the hell's better. You know what I mean? And sometimes in those, uh, mishmash matches, you kind of, you kind of don't get the opportunity to show exactly what you are because anything can happen, uh, in those matches, you know, uh, somebody can come in and take your glory. Somebody can come in and, and ruin your, your flow. And I, I don't know, man. Uh, it depends. I guess it depends on the opponents that I would be working in those type of matches where it's more than one opponent. But personally, I would love to work one-on-one with guys. You know what I mean? I, I, I like fighting, you know, uh, I feel like even though I'm really big and all, I don't take away uh, from anybody that they can still knock me out. You know, I think the first problem is if you think that I don't have the mentality of like, yo, I'm so big, you're not going to touch me and you're not going to do any damage to me. Listen, man, I'm from the hood. I was born in Sea Caucus. I was raised in Union City, New Jersey, right next to Jersey City, like curfew, nine o'clock, not allowed to be on the streets. Uh, you know, uh, like certain areas of the UK uh, with, with the with the soccer clubs and how these guys go out there, they're like mini gangs. They go out and fuck you up if you're, if you're for the other team and shit like that. So that's the kind of area I grew up in. Like people ready to fight just for no fucking reason. So I don't walk around with the mentality of, oh, I'm better than you and you're not going to do shit to me. I'm going to walk around with the mentality of like, I know what I can do to you but I'm going to keep my guard up because I don't know what you can do. I'm going to protect myself at all times. I'm not going to just be blatantly stupid with things. So I don't care who I fight. Anyone, the smallest dude in the, in the wrestling industry could, could catch me on the right time and knock me the fuck out. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, just automatically assume that everybody can't touch me, you know? So uh, I would like one-on-ones, man. I really would. I'd be able to tell stories better. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm being lumped into uh, multi-man matches only, and I don't really enjoy them too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it happens, it happens. If I have to defend my title that way, fine. But uh, it's not what I'm going to sign up for right away. Right, right. I think I'll do a hardcore match match every time other than those before I do those. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. I would do hardcore matches all the time then. If that's the case, I don't mind going through tables and getting hit with chairs and shit, but at least you're doing it with one other dude. And you know what I mean? I don't have to watch my back every angle because this guy's swinging at me. That guy's swinging a chair. Then that guy's throwing a bat. And nah, I'm good. <laughs> so Meadowlands monster to ICW fight pit confirmed. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, man. I don't think they could pay me enough to do that. Yeah, it's, you know, less said the better, I suppose. Those guys um, are a uh, different breed. I, I just got to I just gotta make it clear, and I'm not trashing it. Uh, it's just something that I – I got kids and a job, and I'm not trying – if I wanted to fight in the UFC, I would fight in the UFC. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not – I give those guys credit. I'm not about that life right now. 
if I got to get my hands bloody, I got to do it for a reason. Mm. Uh, and, and, to, and to put on a show and make uh, 50 bucks, it's not a good enough reason for me. So the the idea for you doing the knife game at the next show, I'll show, not going to happen? Good. I'll do it with you, though. I'll do it with you, Jimmy. You you go first, though. I'm not coordinated <laughs> enough, Bruno. I just I oh, don't okay. have it in me. I don't have it in me. I'd be down two fingers, and you'd be like, uh, I don't know, man. It's not my turn yet. Go ahead. You got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, Bruno, I can't thank you enough. I mean, we're not we're not exactly wrapping up yet, but uh, just I can't thank you enough for jumping on here and to finally get the chance to be able to talk to you like out of the realms of the storyline is always fun because as much fun as it is trashing you, as much fun as I have trashing you on commentary, it is nice to talk to the guy every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard to constantly hate you. <laughs> oh. See, it's so the opposite because I find it so easy to hate you sometimes. I know so. that. I get that. Everybody <laughs> hates me, you know. That's that's fucking normal, dude. I know that. Oh man. I don't know what it is. I get. I don't know what it is, but yeah. No, it's it was funny. just. I'm not. I'm not a bad guy. You know this, Jimmy. I'm no, not. I'm not this tall, evil fucking dude that everybody tries to portray me as. We all know what wrestling is. We all know. That, you know, in the long run, it's the fucking entertainment industry. And, you know, I don't really hit women. I don't really, you know, treat people like shit. You know what I mean? So. Right. It's, I think the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my career as a commentator is try and badmouth you while you're walking down to that banger of a theme with that awesome (laughs) title in your hand. It's the hardest thing I ever have to do because I love that song so much. And I think it's what helped like fuel me the with the night you won the title at Kingdom Come Five when you were just that shit eating grin as you're strutting out with the belt and I was like, I fucking love this song and I hate him a little bit for taking this song and making me hate it a little bit. Uh what was the the decision behind it? Was that just like new character, new direction, uh, you know, new music, the whole deal with I've been on this like entrance song pilgrimage, I guess, since I started wrestling. It's it's been the hardest thing uh, for me to do because uh, I had a song, uh, and then all of a sudden other people started using that song, uh, and these people were pretty predominant in wrestling. So I didn't wanna I didn't wanna be labeled as the guy that was using their song because nobody's gonna understand that they were using my song. Uh, exactly. and from that moment on, I was all pissed off because it was, it was perfect. Uh, and then I was just looking for other songs and, you know, I've been through several songs already. Uh, and then one day setting up the ring, bro, I was setting up the ring. I had a playlist on, uh, like old, uh, hip hop shit and you know, the RZA Wu-Tang never dies. Uh, they came on and the minute I heard the song start and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Wait, wait a minute. And then it drops and then the words and I'm like, the baddest man alive. All right. All right. That's going to be it for now. And uh, it's been working. It feels great coming out to it. Like I tell you, and like the, the attitude, it, gi- it gives me that fucking like, fuck you. You know what I mean? I know who the fuck I am. Who the fuck are you? you know? Yeah, you can see it. It's really entertaining to see the difference when you walk out with the, the Cuban flag and the, 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 the shit eating grin on your face. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to, it's a lot, like I said, it's been a lot of fun to watch you, progress into this character if if, honestly this is my favorite version of your character 
since here, since dude. I've known you. I think it's fucking great. It feels like slowly, uh, little by little, I'm finding who I am uh, and really owning the fact that I'm Cuban, really owning the fact that I don't give a fuck about anyone and it's just me and Zach and that title and making money. Uh, that, 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 it feels nice. It feels nice to just kind of come out of the shell and come out of like, I guess the green, the green shell, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like now it's like, yo, I may be young in this, in this industry, but I'm a heavyweight fucking champion. That, that says a lot. Uh, and the people in the back and the people who are watching, some people may have problems with that, but you know what? I know what I've done in this industry to earn that. You can't take that from me. I may not be, like I said, the greatest worker in the ring, but what I bring to the table to a company as a whole, nobody can give you because I'm the first one there. I'm the last one to leave. I make sure that everybody has things to what they need, making sure that the camera crew's uh, stands are made, making sure the ramp is per, uh, put together. You know, me, Lawrence, and, and Mikey, uh, we make sure that everything is to, to, to what everyone needs. And I don't see anybody else doing that. No, I that's barely, a shoot. That's a shoot. You're I, there first I thing. See people, I barely see people even promoting. So, yeah, I'm going to start being cocky. I'm going to start having that shit eating grin and, and know my worth. So if you don't like it, beat me. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, as we start to wind down here, what else you got left for uh, the champ? Uh, I do have one more uh, question to, to ask uh, before we do wrap up. Uh, one last question was, uh, you talked about growth energy and some of the people kind of being like homegrown and things like that. Is there anybody from what you've seen who is competing regularly like a pro the magic who you think is uh, on the cusp of having kind of a breakout moment that people tuning in to, to process should really like keep an eye on? Ooh, um, shit. I think John Teller doesn't get enough uh, credit uh, for what he can do. Um, I think Erica Lee is going to break out for the women as far as uh, I think, I think she's going to end up becoming the women's champion. Uh, isn't that this weekend, Jimmy? That is February 28th, 5 p.m. on the Fight TV app. Break it out because the main event will crown a brand new Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Champion, Jordan Blaze, one-on-one with that 90s chick, Erica Lee, and it is guaranteed to be one of the matches of the year. We have Sam Laterna and Brittany from Go Pro Wrestling on the call for that one. I even take a step back. I took a step back because I want to watch the women's division develop from the ground floor because the title's been vacant for a year. So it's time. Yeah. Uh, so definitely Erica, uh, I think is going to be pretty predominant in magic. Uh, she's predominant out there in wrestling period right now. So uh, it only leads to believe that she will most likely win, but I know blaze is also a handful and she's a badass as well. Um, I just, I, I really, I really think that magic's roster as a whole, um, are all going to have great years and we're all going to show the world that, uh, shit, you can't fuck with us. You know, Ness, your Ness is a, is a, is a vicious, vicious wrestler. Uh, I, I, that's another guy I think doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Um, some of the things he does, his mind, his mind is just 
never pretty, stops moving. Not pretty intense. Uh, he's an intense dude. Uh, Sebastian Cage is just continuously amazing with what he does. Um, I mean, Adam Payne and Wrecking Ball Ligurski right now, I think that, that tag team alone is like that. I mean, sign them up. I love them. Are you kidding me, man? Ball, what, what do they call Ball pain? Me and Anthony call them ball pain, yeah. Ball pain, hell yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Whatever the hell they're called, just sign them up. Like, who the hell is – who's going to take those titles off of them? I mean, did you yeah. see were, – were you able to see the spot before it aired of them throwing Danger Kid? Uh, Adam yeah. throws Danger Kid into the yeah. ring, into the black hole slam on Ligurski? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, um, I'm always going to be partial with some of my friends, but I would like to leave it as I think us as a whole, a company, uh, are, are going to show out this year and, and just show the world what we have. We're going to do our best to entertain you. And, uh, yeah, I hope we do entertain you. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to be tuning in, obviously, uh, on fight. Uh, I, I said to Jimmy that, you know, one of my hopes that when everything goes back to some sort of, of normality that I can come over to, to see me there in the kingdom for a show oh, because yeah. yeah well it would take two things off because I've never been in the state before so it would be the same thing and I get to see a good show at the same time absolutely look at, uh, you gotta look for hotels in Sea Caucus, New Jersey you're right in the center of New York you're like 15 minutes from the kingdom and you have a lot of shit close in Jersey as well so uh, when you're here let us know. I got you your first ticket to the show. That's for sure. Thank you very much. I'm just sorry. Just Pro Wrestling Magic. Look Pro, there. <laughs> Pro Wrestling Magic and Olive Garden. When you're here, you're fucking family. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think that's a perfect place. Thank you. I wouldn't take you to a fake Italian place, bro. Don't listen to Jimmy. All right. I'll take you to real... I'll take you to real Cuban Italian places all up and down Jersey, man. Don't listen to Jimmy. Olive Garden. Listen, motherfucker, I was going to ask you, you made that, that beautiful-looking roast uh, a couple weeks ago on your on your Instagram. Oh, <laughs> homie, where's my plate at? Is all I'm saying. That looked delicious. That looked delicious. One of these, days, one of these days I'll cook for you when you stop talking crap on, on, the, <laughs> on the commentary table. Stop being a jerk, and I'll stop being an <laughs> asshole, okay? Maybe. Maybe. I'm having too much fun, Jimmy. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm literally having the most fun, especially with Carl uh, Vanderbeek at ringside, who's oh, man, you guys taking your side. He's taking your side the whole time. He puts the Cuba headband on. Uh, yeah, yeah, he like, told me. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't wait to see that back because it's going to be fantastic. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you guys have enjoyed uh, this interview here with the Pro Wrestling Magic Champion. We are going to have you back as soon as humanly possible because this was a hell of a lot of fun, Bruno. I do yeah. always love sitting down and talking to you. Thank Scott. You. Thank you for coming in and uh, getting, to, getting to sit down with the monster. And uh, I guess really the only thing I got to tell people is if you go on Twitter.com, you go and look for M Monster NJ at M Monster NJ is your Twitter handle and Metalands underscore the underscore Metalands underscore Monster on Twitter on Instagram rather, uh, or just search the Metalands Monster on on Google because he's not a hard man to find. The Pro Wrestling Magic Champion, ladies and gentlemen. Lou Bruno, the Meadowlands Monster. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you, brother. Very nice meeting you. We'll have you nice back on as soon too. as humanly possible, ladies and gentlemen. So for me and Scott and the Rogue Opinions podcast, in the words of Yakko Warner, I can only say one thing, and that thing is, good night, everybody! Later, brother. Later.
Yeah.